thanks for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having me, Stephen. That's our pleasure entirely. Uh, Scientology is always a massive issue on this channel. Everyone's fascinated with it for millions of reasons. So I, th I think we might just start by maybe getting a bit of your background. What's your uh, what's your background and what, what is it about Scientology that keeps you so busy? Sure. I, Sean has had me on a couple times before. I'm a former editor-in-chief of The Village Voice in New York City. I've been investigating and writing about Scientology since 1995. Uh, these days, I tend to write mostly for my own Substack, TonyOrtega.substack.com, but I also write articles about Scientology for Rolling Stone magazine and uh, The Daily Beast. And uh, I think the reason why you're having me on today is we have some news about a development in England um, that a MP, Diane Abbott, has uh, indicated that she has asked the HMRC to begin a widespread investigation of Scientology and its tax status in England, which is really big news. And today um, I had a statement from Leah Remini about how much she thinks this is a big development in the, um, in the kind of struggles she's had with Scientology and wanting it to be investigated uh, for, for, you know, years of abuses that we know about. And there may be many more that we don't know about. So it's a really interesting new, development. It's a very interesting time to be looking at Scientology. There are a number of lawsuits going on right now that are really interesting. So that's the kind of thing I look at. I write about Scientology every day. I took it on as a beat many years ago and a lot of interesting stuff happening with it right now. There's a lot there, isn't there? And I suppose, yeah, it's, it's quite encouraging when a politician raises these concerns. And what, what is the chief concern regarding tax i mean is it, the, is it does it have a charitable status in the uk or a kind of a re it's, religious exemption you know, it's, really, it's really complex in england and it's very strange um yeah it has never really gotten the charitable status that it wants but it does have you know you have a much more complex setup over there than we do in the united states in the united the united states is kind of all or nothing and they did get that tax exempt status in 1993 in the u.s um, but in England, it's kind of more complex. There's different levels of it. They've never really gotten the charitable status they want, but they get around some issues with tax by using an Australian address. The, the Scientology facilities in England are under a uh, corporation by the, uh, the, uh, the name Cosreci, C-O-S-R-E-C-I which stands for Church of Scientology Religious Education Corporation or something like that. And it actually has a South Australia address. And they use that to get around some of the issues in England. That's the number one thing that's always been very strange. But also recently they got, they got uh, Scientology did uh, give them, I mean, uh, the English government did give Scientology a little break as far as uh, declaring Scientology facilities as houses of worship, so they get to charge less tax or something. like I don't know exactly what it is. But um, there's an ex-Scientologist in London by the name of Alex Barnes-Ross, who has been very active lately speaking to uh, local public officials. And he wrote to his own MP last September uh, and asked her, would you please look into this? And she did better than that. She wrote back to him and saying that she's not only going to look into that most recent small development, but that she's asked HMRC for a wider investigation of Scientology in general. I mean, this is the kind of thing we've been hoping for in the United States, for a national lawmaker 
to ask our IRS, hey, just look into it. Why, why isn't somebody at least investigating these controversies uh, and, and reported abuses that Scientology is able to, you know, rip families apart and surveil people with tax exempt money. So it's really a pretty exciting development. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I think the power of a written letter to an elected official can't be, you know, understated. Uh, it's, a, it's an old school way of doing it. Seems to have seems to have an effect for sure. So I'll be I'll be following that keenly and seeing where that leads because obviously the very powerful, influential organization. I think I was talking at the start of the show about the book Going Clear and how that was wrapped up in some you know libel legal case for in the UK for the longest time before it could be released. Uh, so there's Scientology kind of flexing its uh, lawfare in that sense. Just to get something a, a bit tabloidy out of the way, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, I suppose one of the greatest um, fascinations people have with Scientology is the the link to celebrity no no you know tom cruise being the chief emblem above that and it, it was kind of hypothesized a while back that tom cruise was kind of only making movies with paramount for instance because they would they were really the only studio that would still have him he'd kind of had the door closed on him everywhere else for his kind of weird scientology beliefs and then we've just had some news these last few weeks that he's signed some hugely lucrative non-exclusive deal with warner brothers a massive studio are we read can we read too much into this is there anything we can read into this look i think tom cruise is a very, there's a, there's no question he's a very successful actor he's got, he's an industry in, of his of his own i mean uh, I think the fact whether he signs with this studio or that studio has nothing to do with Scientology. It just has to do with his ability to to generate box office. And he's had a huge couple of years with Top Gun 2 and 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 the, the latest Mission Impossible. So I don't think we should read anything into that. The biggest news about Tom Cruise was that last year, the Daily Mail put out this garbage report. They found out that Tom had not flown his helicopter to East Grinstead in three years. Well, there's been a pandemic going on and some other reasons why he might not have been doing that. They then concluded this meant that, you know, East Grinstead is where Scientology has their UK headquarters. So because Tom had not flown his helicopter there recently, the Daily Mail concluded, oh, he must be leaving Scientology. They came, they came up with that without consulting any leading ex-Scientologists like Mike Rinder or Claire Headley, they didn't even ask. If they had, Mike or Claire would have pointed out, look, Mike, uh, Mike, I mean, Tom Cruise's best buddy is David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology. David Miscavige has not been in East Grinstead in three years. So there's no reason for Tom to fly there. The fact that he's not flying there doesn't mean he's left the church. But the Daily Mail never checked that out. All the other tabs jumped in with both feet, Stephen. I mean, all last summer and fall, all we heard from everybody is, well, Tom Cruise has left Scientology. There's no question. And I kept saying, you guys are basing this on zero evidence. And November 3rd, David Miscavige finally made his big return to England, went to East Grinstead. And who flew him there? Tom Cruise in his helicopter. Okay. I mean, there's just it's, what people don't understand about Tom Cruise and Scientology is that Tom really believes this stuff. He is a true <laughs> believer. Tom Cruise believes that L. Ron Hubbard is the greatest human being who has ever lived and that David Miscavige is the greatest human being currently on this planet. That's what Tom Cruise believes. He's not in it because they're blackmailing him or any of that. 
He really believes this stuff. Now, as to which studio he's signing with, I think that's a separate deal. I really do. That's a a very good answer. And the very last thing I'll ask on Tom Cruise, and if you'll just indulge me further, it seemed like there was a period in his career where he'd reference Scientology in interviews, or rather he'd be prompted to, he'd be asked about it. And uh, this seemed somewhat of a PR disaster in the mainstream for many people. And it doesn't seem to have happened since. However, he still maintained the same amount of press junkets, you know, car- red carpet walks, you know, talk shows, things like that. Do you think there's a policy in place with him now where he's he kind of stipulates not to ask him about his faith? That's a great question. There is definitely a policy in place with all celebrities. They are not allowed to discuss what Scientology is. I've talked to people who were Scientologists, uh, celebrities in Scientology, and they told me this is what they're trained. You have to understand what Scientology is, is this weird past life therapy where you're trying to remember who you were billions of years ago on other planets in order to help you today and gain superpowers. But they can never say that. And so what they're trained to do is say, you know, oh, it's it's helped me in my life. You should get a book and read about it. That's it. And you can go back and roll tape. And that's all John Travolta or all these other people have said time and time again. It's helped me in my life. You should get a book. They cannot talk about what it actually is. The interesting history is in t- uh, between when uh, Tom Cruise got together with Nicole Kidman. She she had was gung-ho. She got into Scientology, very heavy at first, but then she pulled away. And between 1992 and 2000, she pulled Tom out with her. Now, we didn't know this at the time. It only came out later. So for several years, Tom was away from Scientology. When those two finally broke up in 2000, David Miscavige made it job one to get Tom back in. Between 2000 and 2004, they not only worked on him, they spun him up to what he was the most enthusiastic Scientologist on the planet. That's when Dave got the great idea, let's unleash him on the world. And so late 2004, early 2005, they literally made Tom their ambassador to the world. That's when you saw those disastrous interviews he did with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. He did one in Australia. He was jumping on Oprah's couch. It (laughs) completely backfired on them. And so they reverted. He shut up about it like he's supposed to, like all the celebrities do. And so every once in a while, a reporter will shout a question from the red carpet or something, and he'll give the usual, oh, you know, it's a wonderful thing in my life. You should read a book. But that's it. They they made that one experiment early in 2005. It backfired on them. So now they're back to saying nothing. And that confuses people. They think maybe Tom really wants out. Maybe he's not into it. But no, that, again... That is their usual policy. Celebrities can't say anything, but we see more and more evidence. Tom is as dedicated to it as he ever was. That's a great answer. So much more than I was expecting on that, Tony. Thank you. So, I mean, it might be a good point to let people in the chat know if you've got some questions for Tony, get them in now and I'll put the best ones to him. Um, You mentioned David Miscavige at at the start of the chat. Maybe you could explain to us who Shelley Miscavige is then and why there's so much mythology surrounding the existence of this one woman. Right. So Dave, Dave and Shelley both grew up in Scientology. They were children in Scientology. They got married uh, in 81, I think, something like that, late, and, and when they were pretty young. And then after L. Ron Hubbard died in 1980, uh, to, in fact, it was, um, it was 1986 today. Today is the anniversary of the death of L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. Um, 
then uh, David Miscavige pushed his way into becoming the leader of the of the organization at that point. And then for the next several years, he and Shelly ran it together. He was he's known as chairman of the board, COB. She was her title was literally COB assistant. But then in the uh, early 2000s, things were starting to change. And in we believe in the late summer or early fall of 2005, Dave made her disappear. And I mean, this was a woman who was helping to run the organization and was at all the events with her. And she's not been seen in public since 2005. She went to the funeral of her father in the summer of 2007, and a few Scientologists saw her there. But that's it. Where has she been? We believe she's been held at a mountain compound in the San Bernardino Mountains since then. There's a new tantalizing piece of evidence suggesting that he moved her to an even more remote Scientology secret compound up near the uh, California uh, Oregon border. I have not confirmed that piece of information yet. That that information was posted anonymously anonymously by somebody. I have not been able to confirm it independently. But either way, we really do believe that David Miscavige has kept his wife Shelley out of sight since 2005. And Scientology, anytime they're asked about it, they'll just say, "Oh, she's on a special assignment. She has nothing to say." Um, but people who knew her, people who worked with her, tell me there's no question she is a prisoner. And, and I mean, John Brousseau, a man who was David Miscavige's brother-in-law for 16 years and who worked closely with Tom Cruise, told me that Dave will keep her where she is until she dies. And I think that's I mean, true. But I do think she's still alive. I really do. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, you, I mean, you use the word prisoner and, it, you know, it sounds, it does sound like a hostage situation almost. Is there, is there no sort of legal aspects of this where it would be perhaps deemed necessary to carry, for the authorities to carry out a welfare check? Right. So, I mean, part of the situation is Shelley may be resigned to her fate. And that's part of the situation is if she doesn't, you know, doesn't try to leave. Uh, I was contacted by some family members of hers uh, about six years ago. And they had read some of the things I'd written about this and they were concerned. And I told them where she is. I said, you know, she's uh, she's in this compound in the San Bernardino Mountains. They went to the San Bernardino Sheriff's Office, showed their connection to her, their family connection, and asked for a welfare check. And the Sheriff's Office refused, saying we don't have enough information she's there. They told me that. I then wrote a letter to the Sheriff's Office explaining all the information, why we believe she was there. And they blew me off. I mean, science, I know this is hard to believe, but law enforcement agencies are literally afraid of the Church of Scientology and its hired thugs. And they will not do anything about this. And David Miscavige has gotten away with banishing his wife to a small mountain compound, either in the San Bernardino Mountains or possibly up near the Oregon border, since 2005. Stephen, it's incredible. I mean... <laughs> So basically, I mean, this is a situation where money trumps the law, and I'm just wondering, what, what, what? How can we explain the the main uh, source of their funds, really? Because uh, uh, just Scientology to me, I, I mean, this may just be a very naive UK perspective, but it doesn't feel that particularly widespread. I imagine that's potentially different stateside. But what's the main source of their income? No, it's a tiny organization. <clears throat> it's, it's not much bigger in the US. I mean, at its height around the year 1990, they had maybe 100,000 active members around the world. They've never had the millions that they claim, never. 
Today, they're probably down to only about 20,000 active Scientologists. However, they have tax-exempt status. They pay no taxes. They pay their workers pennies an hour. And they have these wealthy members that turn over millions in donations. The last time we were able to get any kind of tax documents um, that were related to their, their value, it looked like Scientology was worth three or four billion dollars. Now, I know that doesn't sound like that much compared to, say, the Mormon church in America, which we now learn has this hundred billion dollar secret fund, right? But there are legitimately 30 million Mormons around the world. Scientology with three or four billion in reserves and only 20,000 members, that makes it per capita the richest religious organization in the world. They have so much money that David Miscavige has sole ownership of that he can spend on attorneys endlessly, private investigators. And people know this. See, you know, people have asked me, why doesn't the IRS do something? Why doesn't the government do something? Mike Rinder explained it best one time. He said to me, Tony, you have to understand if you're at the IRS and you're trying to decide whether to have an, an investigation to review Scientology tax and status, and you're some middle manager reporting to the director. You have to decide, are you ready for that to be the rest of your career? Because that's all you're going to be doing for years is battling with Scientology. Their private investigators will research every part of your life and they will make it hell. That's why governments don't do anything about it. It's, I mean, it's a great point. And just thinking of the wealth and then the man at the top who seems solely responsible for or the beneficiary of all that, David uh, Miscavige. Is there anything we can point to that would basically indicate to us, OK, this is a guy who's taking liberties? I mean, uh, some a comparison, perhaps, in my mind, I don't know how you feel about this, would be someone like Joel Osteen, this kind of televangelist, mega church guy with the, you know, the private jet, the several houses, the flash cars, things like that. It seems obvious that he's doing very well from his grift, for want of a better word. Is there anything flashy about David Miscavige we can point to? Or do you believe this is a man who is, you know, 100% committed to uh, Scientology as, an, oh, as a no, philosophy? He, de he, he definitely lives the high life. There's no question. And we've talked to people that worked closely for him that say that, you know, I mean, they're preparing meals for him day and night, really expensive top meals that he, he never eats, you know, uh, because they make way too much food. Um, he spends incredible amounts of money on his clothes. He's got private jets he takes all over the world. Uh, I just wrote a story um, this last fall with somebody who was in one of those flights with him and describing what it was like to fly from California to England. Um, on this private jet with, with uh, David Miscavige. He lives a very lavish lifestyle. Uh, in other ways, in other ways, he is uh, very, um, he has a very limited life because he doesn't go, he, he can't just go walking out on the street. You know, process servers are looking for him. Uh, he's paranoid anyway. Um, he can't just pick a restaurant and go out. So, you know, there are things about his life that are limited, but in his world, he lives very high. Okay, that's a great answer. And I'm um, not surprised about the answer at all. Uh, I've got a few good questions in the chat for all you. Um, I'm, not sh I'm not familiar with the individual reference in the question, but I'm taking a huge gamble on the hope that you will. Uh, Cosmic Diana's asked, I saw Dr. Berg's son speaking out that their parents are in Scientology. Is it true? And can he just be innocent or it... Or it means he's evil if he's in. Uh, would be grateful for an answer. Thank you. 
Right. Uh, Ian Rafalco is the son uh, of Dr. Is it Eric Berg, I believe, is the, is the well-known YouTube chiropractor. A lot of people follow his advice and don't even realize he's not a physician. He's a chiropractor. Ian Rafalco is really an interesting guy. I've had him, you know, I've talked to him for my, my website before. Um, he has exposed things about his dad. No question. Berg is a big time Scientologist, big donor. There's no question about it. And, and yeah, he doesn't want people talking about that. So I would definitely listen to Ian Rafalco. Check out his uh, various feeds. He puts out some really interesting information on TikTok and YouTube. Okay. Um, some random guy called Ash has asked, what impact do you think the Danny Masterson trial has had on Scientology, Scientology's reputation? Oh, I think it's been pretty big. I, I actually was the first one to break the story that Danny was under investigation by the LAPD back in uh, March 2017. And then I basically covered that story every day all the way through his, both of his trials. I was in court for both trials. Uh, and the big one of the big questions I had was, okay, Danny Madison is a, a Scientology celebrity. The women he was accused of attacking were all Scientologists at the time. Uh, other women he attacked were not Scientologists. Uh, the big question in my mind was how much of these court proceedings are going to involve Scientology? And it turned out there was a lot of Scientology in those proceedings, Stephen. I mean, even more than I expected. Scientology was a huge part of those preliminary hearings and both trials. We heard over and over again about these women would go to the church after they'd been attacked by him. They were made to be, they were punished. They were punished for being victims. Scientology did what it could to protect Danny Masterson. That came out day after day. Scientology denied it. They looked terrible. And it's ongoing. Not, not only was Danny Madison convicted of two counts of forcible rape, and he's now serving 30 years to life in prison, but there are now civil lawsuits against Danny Madison and the Church of Scientology by these same victims. I mean, it's an ongoing nightmare for Scientology, and the press has been brutal. So I, I think it's been a really, really tough couple of years for Scientology, thanks to Danny Masterson because he's exposed so much about the way Scientology will protect a celebrity in trouble and Scientology will protect a, a horrible predator who's, who's, who's attacking their own members. I mean, I, I said many times, th this, the, this story is about a Scientologist celebrity who preyed on Scientologist women because he knew the church would protect him. It's just horrible. That's a great answer. And it immediately makes me wonder about what an organization needs to do to end itself and its own reputation. I mean, you mentioned the the heinous criminal behavior uh, there. You know, uh, is there anything Scientology could do that could end it? Because, I mean, uh, an easy comparison, maybe perhaps some may think it's an unfair one. But if you look at the Catholic Church, for instance, the scandal, the size of that. The, the crimes involved, how it was covered up to such an extent, how widespread it was. I'm not sure most people really appreciate just how huge that scandal was and how many people it affected. They're doing just fine, it seems. It seems like it's business as usual. So, I mean, is it is it a little bit naive to think that Scientology might be the key to its own undoing? Well, you, you, the, we, when we look at these policies that are punishing victims and ripping apart families, what we see time and again is it's built into the DNA of Scientology. Like with the Catholic Church, part of the sad part of that whole story is, is the, um, 
the hypocrisy of it, that you have a church that expresses love and caring about your fellow human being, well, then why are you harming these people over here, right? And the church needs to stop doing that. Whereas in Scientology, it's harming people, extorting people, destroying families, but that's at the heart of its policies. That's what Scientology is about. So how do you reform that? You don't reform that. The government needs to take an interest and do something about this organization and at least investigate it. That's what so many of these activists are asking for, is the government isn't even investigating these things. And uh, that's why I think Leah Remini is so encouraged by what's going on right now with Diane Abbott and the HMRC, is that at least somebody is speaking up and doing something. That's all these activists are asking for. Because they believe that if the government does look, they will find abuses. They will find people just being lives being wrecked. The kind of things that we've been writing about for so long. I suppose the question as well, I mean, I suppose the only real weapon against them would be a financial one. And I suppose if the, the government, uh, HMRC, decides that they owe quite a lot in back taxes, that might be a difficult thing thing for them to survive, perhaps. Absolutely. I mean, Scientology gets away with so much in the United States because they have this tax exempt status and it protects them. What are they doing with that tax exempt status? What are they doing with all that money? They're destroying lives. They're hiring private investigators to smear people. I mean, it's disgusting. And so, yeah, if if the government were to investigate that and remove that tax exempt status, it's a completely different ballgame. And again, that's that's what these activists are asking for is at least look into it. The government isn't doing that here in the United States. Just to play devil's advocate then, which seems quite fitting iconography for this question. Uh, in terms of Scientology, everyone's very interested in it. You know, the celebrities, the thought of as weird and kooky and peculiar and that people would really like to ask them questions about it and challenge it. And you reference the kind of kooky belief system uh, at the heart of it. And I'm just wondering if we were to contrast that to many of the other mainstream monotheisms, is it a million miles away? And we don't, well, I mean, for instance, we wouldn't question, we wouldn't uh, sort of interrogate an actor who was a Catholic based on right. the crimes of the Catholic Church. It's a very fair question. And sometimes people will make that objection to me and say, look, you know, uh, the things Scientologists believe are no weirder than, than, you know, these angels and stuff in the Bible. But there's a very big difference, a very ba- basic difference. In, in Christianity, Judaism, Islam, you can find out what they believe in about a minute and a half. And the books they that all that is written in are, are either free or trivially cost, right? I mean, it, it, let's just take Christianity. You need to believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then you'll live forever. That's it. It took me 10 seconds to explain that, right? And everything else is just detail. Science doesn't even level with you about what it's about until you have spent several hundred thousand dollars and you've been in for several years. It's that secrecy. It's that bait and switch that is essentially what makes Scientology so different than these other organizations. And, you know, they should be upfront about, listen, you're going to spend several years recovering who you were billions of years ago on other planets so that you can then release your superhuman powers there. It only took me 20 seconds, but Scientology won't tell you that until you've spent quarter of a million dollars. That's the main problem that I think this organization has is it will not tell people what it's really about. Of course, they know how many people would join if you told them that up front, right? Yeah, it's not the greatest marketing strategy, is it? And I suppose that explains a lot why they're kind of almost reinventing them as a kind of a self-help organization. When I there's a Church of Scientology in my home city of Manchester and a lot of the billboards enticing you in 
uh, outside are often related to kind of like you know work related stress perhaps and they want to want to offer you the the solution to those kind of things uh, one quick thing i just wanted to ask you as well because obviously they're an incredibly powerful litigious organization the you know it's documented they've engaged in harassment intimidation things like that you're at the forefront of attacking them and trying to you know unveil veil the truth about their inner workings uh, do you do you worry about this sort of thing i mean have you have you had any reasons to worry that perhaps they're you know focusing on you in a kind of a concerning way i don't worry about it but they have spent incredible amounts of money trying to destroy my life they are smearing me day and night, every day on the internet. They have spent so much money on private investigators and looking into my life, trying to intimidate me and my family. Stephen, they have had people try to harass people that are close to me all across this country. It, people in Tel Aviv, Israel, Jakarta, Indonesia, they have sent private investigators to harass people that know me. And luckily, the people that care about me want me to do what I'm doing, and they won't back down. And I've had a lot of support. So, yeah, they they try to do all the same things to me that they're doing to Leah Remini and Mike Render, and I just I just don't let that get me down because I know that the things they say about me are all lies. You'll see, you know look up my name, go ahead, see all the things they say about me on Twitter, on Google. It's all a bunch of garbage. The people who know me know it's garbage, and I just don't let it get me down. Fantastic answer. Tony, this has flown by. Maybe you could let our li uh, listeners and viewers know where they can find out more information on your work. Where can we find you? Please come sign up for free emails at tonyortega.substack.com. I write a story every morning. You'll get a copy of it right in your own inbox. And uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, TonyOrtega94. Perfect. Tony, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Take care. All the best.